Hello and happy Tuesday. This is another episode of Ask Jess. I am Jess Marcy. I am a clutter coach. And every Tuesday we go live for about 15 minutes to answer questions that have come into our community and into our Ask Jess <laughs> Q&A. Uh, so let me dive right into it. The first question is from somebody who was in the Get Organized HQ event. She said, I loved your session on removing shame from clutter and how can I find out more about working with you? Okay, so <laughs> thank you for this question. If you haven't tuned into the Get Organized HQ, you missed my live free session, but you can always get the all access pass and go back and look at it. Um, the session that I did talked about removing shame from clutter. If you've never seen that lesson, it's also available on my website. Just scroll down, justmarcy.com. But the way that we work with people who have clutter is a little bit different than the way other professional organizers work. And that's why I actually call myself a clutter coach and not a professional organizer. Number one, we believe that community crushes clutter and having a strong community is essential to your success moving forward. So we have judgment-free communities that you can join. Um, the number, the, the first step in joining one of our communities is to get into our free Facebook group called It's All Clutter. You can find lots of resources and support in there, but judgment-free community is huge. Secondly, we believe that all clutter is connected. So we don't just tackle the stuff in your house. We look at the whole picture, everything that's going on in your life, financially, emotionally, socially, all of that contributes to your clutter. And we have resources to support you in all of those ways. Our programs are based on Facebook groups and Zoom. We have different coaches from different disciplines to come in and support your journey. So that's how you would start working or moving forward with us in our communities. Number one, start with the It's All Clutter group. It is the best, <laughs> best free spot on the internet. And thank you for your comments from the Get Organized HQ. It's been a really fun event for me to be a part of, and I look forward to doing it again in the future, hopefully. Um, okay, next question. And if you have a question while we're on here live that you didn't post earlier, just go ahead and put it into the comments. This question, can you touch a little bit on temporary chaos? What does it look like and where do you keep the stuff? This is a great question. Temporary chaos is what happens when you start decluttering. So when you begin this whole process of getting organized, what you really have to do first is declutter your house and put your like items together. Often we have co-mingled collections. You open up a drawer, you open up a, you know, a shelf, a, a box, of a bin, a reusable shopping bag, and inside of that you find a collection of dissimilar items. You may have things that belong in your bathroom and things that belong in your kid's backpack and uh, paperwork and just a whole random assortment. You could have food and whatever it is, a whole random assortment of stuff. So the first step to quote unquote, getting organized is to put those like items together. And when you do this, you end up making a little bit more of a mess than already existed because you're pulling stuff out and separating it into different categories. This is temporary chaos. Often this is a spot where people get stuck on their journey and they don't move forward because you've pulled everything out of your closet. You're starting to put all like items together the project takes way longer than you think it's going to. Now it's time to go to bed. So you take everything off your bed, throw it onto the floor, into laundry baskets, and you never make the time to go back and push through the temporary chaos to actually get to the organized endpoint. So temporary chaos 
can literally look like a giant mess in your house. The way to handle temporary chaos, number one, set yourself up for success by being realistic with how much time you can spend on a project. And when I say time, I also mean how much emotional energy can you devote to a project? If you're gonna pull everything out and feel really overwhelmed in an hour, but you actually have four hours to work, you wanna just set yourself up for one hour of work and that is it. So only pull out as much as you can go through in actually an hour. Um, even if you have more time, you have to really know yourself in this process. You want to, if possible, set up temporary chaos in a space that is not being used all the time. It's possible you don't have any space in your house to actually set up your temporary chaos area. So that's okay. Just know that if you continue to work on this process, the temporary chaos does go away and you do end up with an organized house that feels a lot better, but you have to give your decluttering project the time and attention that it deserves if it's a priority in your life. So <laughs> is this making sense? Um, try and set up temporary chaos someplace that is not accessed or is not in your main area. If you have a guest room, if you have a dining room that you don't use very frequently, if you have space, any space that's not, not really access it, you can kind of close the door and go back to it. Or set up the temporary chaos right in the middle of everything, but then make sure that you are realistic about how much time you can spend decluttering every day and make decluttering a consistent thing that you do until you're through the process. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you're going to stop. So set yourself up for success by knowing what's going to make you feel overwhelmed, how long you can work on something, and then consistently working through this until you're at your end point. That's temporary chaos. <laughs> um, next question. Can you touch a little on self-care during the process of decluttering? Yes, I can. Uh, actually, thank you for this question. And I see the person who asked it is on here live. So thank you for that. I've been thinking a ton about self-care since you posted this question. And I believe that when we're talking about self-care and decluttering, we're really talking about empowering ourselves. So I know the image that we have been fed by society is self-care is baths and candles and chocolates and all that stuff. There's a place for that. But I believe that true self-care is going through the difficult process of empowering yourself. Empowerment is the opposite of overwhelm. Overwhelm is when you feel shut down. A lot of times it's because you're afraid of making a decision or you don't know where to start. There's confusion, there's fear. So we choose to not do anything because it's just too overwhelming. Empowerment is having faith in yourself that you can get through this process, that you can make a decision, even if it's the wrong decision, you can handle the consequences of making a quote unquote bad decision. It's having faith in yourself. So self-care, when we're talking about decluttering, in my mind is empowering yourself with skills that you can use to move forward in all areas of your life. There is nothing that says to me that you're taking better care of yourself than learning a new skill, advocating for yourself, and empowering yourself with all different 
things that can help you change your circumstances. Uh, so that's what self-care looks like to me. Um, and self-care, you know, it, <laughs> it, if you're somebody who enjoys going for a walk, that's amazing self-care. Um, I would just kind of try to not get stuck in this idea that you need to have spa days or, um, you know, know when you need to pamper yourself, but the true pampering is waking up in the morning in a house that is, feels great, knowing where all of your stuff is, understanding your financial life and being able to make financial decisions that are best for you. That's the best form of self-care is creating a world and a life that you can thrive in. And that might mean making hard decisions, having difficult conversations. Sometimes it might mean sitting in a bathtub with a candle lit, absolutely. But I don't think that's what it means most of the time. So I hope that's helpful. And definitely let me know if <laughs> in here if you need further insight um, as we move on to the next question. Okay, this is an interesting one. Ideas on where to keep your trash can, where to keep your laundry basket of dirty clothes, where to keep your garbage pail, where to keep your composting bin, et cetera, to utilize your space to the maximum. A home that is well organized is going to prioritize function first. We have kitchen counters in our kitchen to prepare vegetables. That's the function of the counter. The function of our bed is to sleep in our bed. The function of our dresser is to store clothing. If you have things that require functional space, such as a composting bin, a laundry basket, those items need appropriate storage because your house needs to be functional first. So that means making space for these items where it is appropriate and possibly decluttering other stuff so that you can actually have the function that you need to thrive every day in your house. Uh, I personally have a five gallon bucket underneath my sink that I use for compost. So I have a little farm and I have animals that I feed our scraps to. So that's my form of composting. There's nothing else underneath my sink because the function of that space is to collect the food scraps so then I can then give them to our animals. Having other things stored under there wouldn't make any sense. So focus on your spaces and look at them through a lens of function first. If it's not functional, it's going to be frustrating. And we don't want to have frustrating spaces. And that probably means decluttering some items to make space for what is most important functionally first. The average person that we work with and I would say the average American probably needs to declutter 40, 50, 60, 70% of their stuff to actually live within the space that we have and for it to function well. If you have a lot of stuff in your space, it's never going, if you have more stuff than comfortably fits into your space, it's never going to be organized. You will never find a system that works because trying to fill a space to maximum capacity is simply not functional and organization follows function. All right, let me see. I think that might've been our last question for today, but if you're on here and I see we have a lot of people on here live. So hello, hello, Terry and Sunny and Julie, Amy, good morning, Yelena, Trish, Julie and Elizabeth, good morning, good morning, or good afternoon. Um, if you have further questions, pop them in there and I'm just gonna double check that I did not miss anything. 
Um, Julie, I don't have a laundry room. My washer dryer is in the garage. So where do I put baskets? So that is going to be, <laughs> uh, are you storing extra laundry baskets when you're not using them? There's a, we have to ask more questions to get a good answer here. It's going to be whatever makes the most sense for you, but you need to have functional space for a laundry basket. So where does that make the most sense? And is there something else in that space? If so, that needs to go because we need to make it functional. Personally, I have laundry basket. I have one laundry basket on my floor in my closet. That's the only laundry basket that I have. It goes back and forth to washer and dryer, back to my closet. Um, maybe decluttering some laundry baskets could be helpful too. This is one of those sort of domino effect things. The more clothing you have, the more potential laundry you have, the more need you have for laundry baskets, the more space you need for your laundry baskets. If you can declutter some clothing and have less laundry baskets, you need less space for a laundry basket. So it's <laughs> it's kind of a long process here, but you can do it. You can do it. Uh, we know we know that for sure. Do you have a tip to deal with an item once and for all? I keep moving stuff to another area and then I have to deal with it. Yes. If it's something that you're going to keep, you need to make a home for it. You have to force yourself to make a home for it. If it is something that is so important that you want to create storage for it in your house, find less important things and let them go. If you find that you have moved something around multiple times, I ask yourself, why? Why am I keeping this? Is it something I truly need? If I'm just moving it and not using it, it's just taking my time, taking my energy. Is my life worth as much as this item? Because I'm, I'm just giving my life to this thing. I'm giving my time, I'm giving my energy to this item. Is it truly worth it? Is it something that could be easily replaced if I really needed it? If I really need it, where should it be stored in my house? And if it needs to be stored there, what is there that is preventing it from being stored? The item that is there, do I really need this? Do I need as many of these things? You have to force yourself to make decisions to live within the space that you have. Everyone has a certain amount of storage space in their home. That is unique to you. Everyone has a certain amount of money in their bank account. That is unique to each individual. We have to live within our parameters in life. If you don't have money for something and you purchase it, you have debt. If you don't have space for something, but you're keeping it, you have clutter. We have to force ourselves to get down to the living within the storage space that we have. Is it making hard decisions? Yes. But if you choose not to make those decisions, then you're living outside of your space and with a lot of clutter. There's a phrase, choose your hard. Is it hard to make the decision to let go of something? Yes. Is it hard to live with a lot of things? Yes which heart are you choosing? All right. <laughs> I hope that was helpful. <laughs> um, oh, wait, another question. Okay. Is there a capsule wardrobe for a 14 year old teen boy to help declutter, simplify and how to facilitate design decisions? I think you could easily come up with a capsule wardrobe for a 14 year old teen boy. Look at what they choose to wear every single day. What you could do is just keep out the items that are actually being worn and remove the rest of the clothing from the space and see what they're missing. And then fill in, you know, over a couple of weeks or a month or two, and then you'll see what the right capsule wardrobe is for your son. That will make it so much easier for them to actually pick out their clothing every day. I did say that I was going to do a little challenge at the end of every Ask Jess. So your challenge for today, and if you take on this challenge, <laughs> 
Uh, make sure you post a before and after picture. Your challenge for today is to let go of 40 items of clothing. 40, 40 items of clothing. You can count socks. You can count individual socks. I don't care how you count it. 40 items of clothing. Can you let go of 40 pieces of clothing before the next Ask Jess next week? If you do, post into our Facebook groups and show us a picture of your items leaving. And we will have another challenge at the end of our next segment next week. All right. Go get them. You guys got this. <laughs> See you next week.